<laughs> well, hello, and welcome back to Dense Macabre, the podcast where I am the dense and she is the macabre. This week's Minnesota is about the Hill House and the Hell House. No, um, I, can you imagine if you had to listen to an hour of that? We'd have, have no listener because we've writ- written to a conference together. So I, yeah. I did do that on the way to our first conference. Yeah, yeah. And you still put me in the car for the second one. <laughs> I did that. Um, I think I forgot. I blocked it out. uh, What we're going to be doing this week is a very special holiday uh, episode. I know I have to look at the microphone and talk into it. I I moved my notes. How about I move my Minnesota notes? Um, (laughs) It's a very special holiday episode of Dense Macabre. Your bricked up uh, wine cellar for scary lit and scary shit. Uh, We're doing uh, a hill versus hell battle royale this week because y'all have had to listen to us bitch about those for the last couple of weeks. And... I can't contain my passion about them. That's great. Honestly, it's been really hard to not talk about the other while talking about one of them. I've been failing miserably um, at it. I, so I've been trying to withhold everything here, and, and now I've forgotten everything I wanted to ever say. So I this is took fantastic. notes. Good. I'm so glad you took I feel notes. like you're going to play oh, yeah. off of what I have to say. That's fine. You can just interrupt me. It's fine. Yes. This is going to be a hot mess, guys, but this is a mini-sode, so... What, would would it be the holidays if you didn't have some kind of messy situation on your hands to handle, even if that messy situation is just two white women in a room yelling at microphones? <laughs> uh, <laughs> really, it's a best case scenario for it everyone. It really is. Like, Merry if Christmas. The, if that's the biggest problem, then Jesus, we're doing good. <laughs> and uh, because we're talking about Hell House, please go to doesthedogdie.com. <laughs> And discerning whether or not you want to listen to this episode. Although it'll yeah. be a little less graphic, I think. Yeah, than... this one will be a little bit less graphic. I mean, honestly, the, the actual Hell House episode we talked about wasn't super, super graphic. We didn't talk in detail about anything. Thank no, God. I didn't read any direct quotes um, or anything because it would welcome. make me vomit. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much because, yeah, again, we talked about this earlier. I'm a sympathy puker. Please don't. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sympathy puker in as much as when I feel sympathy for people, I become nauseous because emotions are bad and I shouldn't have them. <laughs> Um, but yes, check out doesthedogdie.com. Um, again, just like the last episode, I am going to have it down in the description box for Hell House. Um, so check it out. And if that's something that you're not interested in, then please feel free to skip right along and we'll be back next week with a completely different novel that's a little bit on the safer side. B, you didn't give me the drink name. We don't have a drink name for this one because it's a mini sword. Hey, what are we drinking? What in are we a, drinking? In a mini sword. Whatever the hell you want. You're you're at a party right now. You're trying to tune it's, out your grandparents. What do they got in the cocktail what's, bar? What, what's the most Midwestern? A shot beer? is the smallest uh, drink, so that would be good. But what's a Midwest, you might want like a Pabst Blue Ribbon, maybe, or That's like a Hams. Like a you might want to drink like a Hams. But let's be real, you're all drinking Bud Light because you're trash anyway. No, I no, lost no, the no. accent there. <laughs> No, 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 it's Bush Light. It's probably Bush Light by the 24-pack that you bought at the gas station on your way over. The camouflage party cube. It, you gotta go, go out to the garage and go into the drink fridge and get yourself <laughs> something cold and frothy because we didn't do one. But you should still <laughs> head over to um, our socials, our TikTok and Instagram at Dense Macabre Pod to just hang out with us because we're pretty cool. And then uh, zip us an email if you'd like at densemacabrepod at gmail.com. Please yes. send us emails. Please send us emails. Um, we're we're feeling very taking- lonely. <laughs> <laughs> it's the holidays and I'm alone. <laughs> Shut up. Um, but no, so yeah, please, please suggest us works um, because we are now to a point where all of our like must-dos we've gotten out of the way so far. Or are, we're simply not going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of them were just not touching 10-foot pole and that's cool. Um, 
but a lot of them we've gotten through already. The ones that like we went into this knowing we absolutely wanted to cover. And there are still a couple of them out there. But we're actually just going to start randomly grabbing things. We have a list. Yeah, we have a list. And we're just doing like a random number generator and grabbing them. So Add to the list. Yeah, let us know. Add to the list. And your work might be next. We might even give a shout out if you suggest something that we read. A shout out that only the three people who listen to this podcast (laughs) will hear. Mr. and Mrs. Walters and and B's mom. If you're Hi, listening. Mommy. Hi. We love you. Merry Christmas. Um my roommate won't listen to the podcast. Oh, my husband won't either. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> so I kind of got the I already have to listen to you talk about this shit at home. Like why would I tune in for two hours of my time a week? Um Yeah, he he got me over the um initial like teaching me how to edit audio and then after that he was out. He are dipped. we really so offensive? I, I think we're clever. So I don't think are we offensive? No, I don't know. Uh, we okay. we've offended some people with our language, but there is an explicit Warning. We do tag it with explicit, uh, and I don't know, Mom, you hear me cuss on a daily basis. You taught me this. What do you expect? Hi, so. Mama B. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I miss you. Uh, yeah, so we have to talk about a book now. Actually, we have to talk about two books now. We've talked yeah. about Hill House, and we have to talk about Hell House, and the first thing I want to talk about is when they came out, timing. Okay. I'm just going to uh, let you take it, and then I'm just going to be the yeah, asshole with the opinions this like, time. Raise so, your hand it. if you have a, a thought or a feeling. Shirley Jackson's Haunting of Hill House, which is one of my favorite books, was published on October 16th of 1959. Richard Matheson's Hell House came out on January 1st of 1971, so that's about a dozen years later. Um, a lot happens in a dozen years. But that's actually here in my notes. Much happened in the world and the U.S. between those two dates, especially between the 59 and 71. Oh, my gosh. So much is packed in culturally. Um, for example... Uh, we can talk a little bit more about things by 71. Not a lot more, but you can talk more about things without fearing that you're not going to get your book published. Um, I also think that there's not an accident, even in the naming. I think that Hill House no. and Hell House, he knew what he was doing um, because he was smart enough to know what he was doing. And uh, there are two sides of the same coin. Um, they really are. They're, they're just two completely... It's like a horseshoe. I mean, they're it they're is. yeah, they're they're two ends of the spectrum completely, but eventually they will come around and meet in the back. And the, like, right down to who we've got, right? We've got Barrett and we've got Montague, Montague right? Yep. These kind of standoffish, I'm smarter than everyone in the room. I know what I'm doing and nobody else does, guys who put these expeditions together. We've got uh uh Luke and Ben mm-hmm. are um, Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Right down to the, like Luke owns Hill House. Terror. He will someday own Hill House mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be there but he has to be there because that's a stipulation of of them being able to go into Hill right. House at all. Um and, and Ben who's been there before. And so he's their connecting point really to Hell House. Um and they both kind of mediate between the two women and they're trying yeah. to do their best and just not succeeding. The issue is that obviously Luke doesn't save anybody. Um, at the end he doesn't but he gets her off the stairs he does he yeah he, he tries he, he does tries. his best no he's, one knows what's gonna happen he's full of love and affection for these people Except that he barely knows um theo 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 to Ida, uh, excuse me theo to florence mm-hmm. is really See, that's where i don't think that they're i think that it's it's less of a direct because everybody else has their foil yeah but the two pairs of women I don't think it's quite as clear cut. Oh, Nell and Edith would have a tea party and discuss nothing. (laughs) They they would would just stare at each other sadly across the table. They would mannerism wise, but actually like moving the plot along wise, they're different. Yeah. Because I really think that, I don't know. I just, I feel like they don't match up as perfectly as the rest of them do, which, which is, I appreciate a lot because then again, it would just be like a copy. Yeah, Clearly. no, he, he didn't just um, write a sequel, obviously. But I just, I feel like there is, even though there is the innocence with Nell and Edith, 
there is also that innocence with Florence that Theo absolutely lacks. Theo exactly. is the conqueror of. The, the, I, I know you have a really negative read on Theo, and I think no. it's because you need to go back and revisit Theo and I'm not, as a character. I'm not saying that she has no empathy, but I'm just saying, like, if you put the two together... Oh, yeah. No, Theo would eat Florence alive exactly. um, in a number of ways. <laughs> and, um, But I don't think that the comparison for, for Nell to Florence is there either, because Nell is not right. well-meaning. Um, Nell shows up for Nell. She's finally going to take the day and sees things that Nell wants and Florence at no point goes, this is Florence's day. Um, no, no, no point. Um, but I think maybe she could have been though, if she had been boxed in the way that Nell had. And, and then, then there's the parallel of falling in love with the house, which Florence doesn't really fall in love, but does give herself over sexually to the house, you know, weird way. Um, and Nell falls in love with the house because she's never been loved before. And the house fools her the way that Belasco exactly. fools Florence and tells her this is a place where she'll be loved and accepted. Um, Right up before, you know, and she, she only comes to the realization that she's been tricked and wronged, much like Florence under the crucifix, a dying. second before she hits the tree. Um, much too late to do anything about it. Um, I want to talk a little about Theo and Florence. I have a note here that they're both crazy attractive with, like, lots of question marks. Like, <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but that's there in my notes, and it's a good point. Like, for some reason, that has carried through. We have to have a hot lady in the house. And it's true in a lot of haunted houses media where we have like the one one sexy lady you gotta have a sexy lady so this is completely unrelated sometimes it's gonna be Catherine zeta jones well it's not completely unrelated because it's, it's based obviously in what we're kind of talking about right now um in the 60s version i understand why they didn't but they should have theo should have been eartha kit again they couldn't have done it and I gotten know, it past the censors, but you're not wrong um Eartha Kit would have been a great court choice, is, yeah. is what it boils so, down to. I, I just, my eyes glazed over for a second because I just made that connection in my head because I don't know why. Yeah, just and, now and uh, yeah, it's just, so we've got these sexy ladies. Um, so actually, sexy gay psychic is something that I've written here, <laughs> although Florence technically wasn't at any point established to be gay. Um, she wasn't, no, she was just a, she was an object all around for everybody. Everybody, involved. oh my God, so, so used every step of the way. And we just talked about this ad nauseum when <laughs> we were talking about Hell House, but I have big emotions, okay? <laughs> um, and I have big emotions specifically about uh, Florence. And then, um, so the original incident at Hell House that Ben was privy to um, 30 years or so ago in the 40s lines up pretty well with the timeline of when Hill House would happen. So I know I just said that he didn't write a sequel, and he didn't, mm -hmm. but it's easy to see where he picked up at the end of Hill House. Something terrible oh, yeah. happens at Hill House. Everyone goes home. Everyone tries to forget in the 70s. Like with it, right? It just comes back around to, okay, we're going to try again because we're better equipped. We're smarter than them. We're more advanced than they are. We can do it this time. And of course you can't. No one ever, are you, I'm not intentionally not hitting the desk. That's what that is. But you were. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm going to squish I can hear my, it my monitor. That's the only reason I was glaring at I'm you. I'm going to squish my squishy. Um, I'm just <laughs> feeling, I have, they've, I've been, I've got, I've brought a, a prop to hold so that I stop hitting my microphone because that's something I do a lot. Um, so, yeah, it's easy to say or to see, rather, where it's not a sequel. It's not even an homage, but it's easy to think that it's maybe where we pick up. 30-odd years later with what right. could happen to Hill House because, say, you know, they close the house up after what happens to, to Nell. What happens in 30 years and people have forgotten? Well, like, it's so, it's, so it's not exactly the same, but, like, I think it's something similar, at least, to whenever we were talking about Poe with um, how we, we had the conversation where we kind of bickered around about who came first 
whether or not it was Poe or um, Arthur Conan Doyle. I really think this is a Shirley Jackson did it, and then here comes Arthur Conan Doyle slash Richard Matheson behind her. Yeah. It's yeah, pick Beca- pick up the banner. Someone has to pick up the banner. Shirley yes. Jackson died young and couldn't carry the banner. Um, so maybe Richard Matheson wasn't the right person to to grab that banner, but he did, and he did a decent job. Oh, you've turned up my sound. Um, did a decent job carrying it as far as he needed to do. Um, I got a note in here about innkeepers, which reminded me that um, Sarah Paxton wouldn't have made a bad Edith either. Um, I know we're long past that. I t- love her, but she, she's fantastic. Sarah Paxton would have done. She- the innkeeper's lady, for any of you, or or I think also in the fourth Halloween Town movie as a young child. Yeah, she 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 takes over as Marnie. Um, but I love Sarah Paxton because like I'm a big um, Darcy Wildlife. Yeah, I remember that theme song by heart. But also there's um like the Eli Roth horror documentary on Shutter, which is one of my favorite things. Just it's like one of my comfort shows, and she talks a lot in that documentary. And she was t- there was one point where she was talking about The Exorcist. And she's just so funny. She she's funny, but she she can do. It. I I just and love she her. and she's, she's petite. She actually she could if you saw Sharon and said no, I'm too good for this, then you could get Sarah Paxton. I think on board oh, with for it because sure. she did a very good job being scared by ghosts and innkeepers. If you haven't seen it yet, please run out and get a DVD copy of it because um, it's good. Anyways, uh, which brings us to our main point: the main battle royale between Hill versus Hell, which is the gender binary, which isn't as heavy. Merry Christmas. Let's talk about the gender binary. But I have. Um, Hill House is a really feminine oh, yeah. take on ghost stories. It talks about women and women loving each other and women hating each other and women's interaction with the world around them and how women are used by the world around them. And it's just a super feminine, right down to it's sort of gauzy. Like it's a gauzy yeah. book. You get it lost is. in it. And then we have Hell House, which is clinical and raw and graphic and and all of these toxic if you will, masculine traits. Not not any of the good things about masculinity that can be healing or helpful or protective. None Only of that bad. made it in. Only the bad parts of traditional masculinity. And so when you put them side by side together, you can imagine, you know, you wouldn't read Hill House and go, oh, a man wrote, wrote this. And you definitely wouldn't read Hell House and go, a woman who wasn't Lena Dunham wrote this. Um, <laughs> I will be hearing from her attorneys soon as well. Uh, no, no, she's a piece of garbage. And if she would like to sue us, then we can talk about her and her little sister. Garbage. Okay? Um, and so, yeah, it's just very clear cut. And I think that's where the parallel runs is it's like reading the same story or even not even reading. It's like sitting down in a room, an interrogation room, and talking to a woman's side of the story and then getting the man's side of the story. And you get two very different things. So would you say then possibly is Hell House just like obnoxious fan fiction of Hill House? I don't even know if it's fan fiction. I think it's definitely taken. He read Hill House and went, I could do that and make it more frightening. But what he did was a different kind of horror. Oh, absolutely. Um, like there, there's no question that the, even though the plot seems similar and even though a lot of the characters seem similar, there is no question that the vibes are completely different. You are haunted by Hill House. And I think I've said this before, even on the podcast, and you go through hell in Hell House. Oh, right. Um, I, it may be, you know what? There's probably an aspect of fan fiction. If you even looked at how the characters break down, the two men, the two women, mm-hmm. the scientific discovery, this very real fear that was brought about by the isolation, like all of the components, all the, it's like he didn't read the recipe. He just got the ingredients list and he yeah. made it his own. I can, I can see um, that. You know, if I had to describe to you without writing it down how to make a cocktail, 
and I didn't tell you measurements or anything. I just said, these are the ingredients. You might come up with a really different cocktail. And I think that's what he did is he took the elements of Hill House that really worked and he worked it into something that was a different, so the police are coming. They've heard my Lena Dunham joke. Um, (laughs) Something really different that worked really well in its own right and was a completely different kind of scary. Um, And I think that's why it holds up because if it was just obnoxious fanfic, we wouldn't be talking about it today. It would have fallen by the wayside, but he, he accomplished something in his own right. And I can see that definitely because there is there is definitely um, tone is very different. Just again because I know that that was one of the points of and it, so so. There's two things you notice right off the bat whenever you come off of Hill House and read Hill House. One is that Hill House was intentionally um, disorienting. Yes, Hell House wants you to know exactly where you are at all times. And it's exactly a lab what report. Time. Yeah, it is. It, that's exactly what it is. So there's no, there is no wondering kind of what's going on because you have to look at it. There is no room for interpretation because you have to look at it with that. Um, and it's the same thing with, um, yeah, so the time. But there's also like at the very beginning of Hill House, there's the the iconic quote about whatever walked there walked alone, and literally. Literally, there's the quote in Hell House on the first page that is almost identical, but it's the opposite. So he's he is absolutely paying homage. Well, like that the first 100%. sentence of Hill House is this long, flowing piece of poetry yes. that you can get sucked into, and it stays with you. And the first part of Hell House is a date and time. Yeah. It tells you exactly when you're starting. And the clock has begun to run down for the lives of these people who are going into the house. Yeah, it's basically like a bomb clock. <laughs> the other thing is a lack of love the emotions in hell house are all negative all of the time in hill house there is a love and a sorrow and a search for belonging that doesn't exist in hell house right down to the the queer aspects of the book right there is no loving aspect nell slowly falls in love with flora with florence uh that would be fan fiction right (laughs) nell slowly falls in love with theo and Theo begins to love her back, and because of the times and because of who they are, they can never acknowledge that to one another. Um, and it's very heartbreaking and very sad. And Edith is physically attracted to Florence, but doesn't actually give a shit about her. And Florence, no. because she loves everybody, wants only good things for Edith, but she's not attracted to her. She's not romantically interested in her. And all it causes is this derision that culminates in the possession and attempted rape. Yeah. Like, he takes something that would have been beautiful in Shirley Jackson's and turns it into something something horrifying and traumatic for both of those characters at no point does theo make an unwanted advance on nell because that wouldn't fit with the the soft femininity right even amongst the horror of hill house we have to have it in hell house though it doesn't work without it no it would be it would be hill house if it wasn't this might be the actual most literary (laughs) critique by the way we've done of any of these so bear with us audiences i no. The soapbox came out and is, I almost said out of the closet. Because I pulled the soapbox out of the closet and I set it on the ground and I'm standing on it. Uh, Even though you're sitting in the chair wrapped in your blankie. <laughs> diversity wins. I don't know. I am. I'm wearing a very soft, I'm wearing my blankie of stars because we're doing a Hill House episode. That's fair. Um, and it's very soft and warm. But yeah, like, so that the no emotion, no, there, there are no positive emotions no. in Hill House. Even the interaction between the married couple is it's all no. a sense of obligation and reprimand. And, and he treats her like a child. He does. He does treat her like a child. And whenever she starts to, and and to continue treating her like a child, probably even, whenever she starts to act out sexually, he continues to only treat her as a child. He does. He acts like a grown man who a child is coming on to should act, not like a husband who's finally getting some interest from his wife should act. Yes. 
Or whenever he catches her, uh, again, assaulting Ben. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, he sort of just scolds her and sends her off to bed. It's, yes. It's really uncomfortable. Um, I would say Ben has genuine human emotions, but never an opportunity to express them. Never, because we're never with him, and his... His emotions aren't the powder keg that matter. No. So they're not addressed. And the emotions Florence's emotions keg. don't matter because they're all the same emotion for everybody all the time. Yeah, because she talks about it. She, yeah. She loves everyone. She just loves everybody and she wants everybody to be happy. She's she's the girl at the end of Mean Girls who doesn't even go there. And it yeah, doesn't go well for her. It really doesn't. But goddamn, I just... I, I don't know if there are very... There have to be very few characters in fiction that I feel worse for than Florence. I think Nell is on that list for me. Nell might be on that list. I I didn't. It wasn't as heartbreaking for me with Nell. It's um, shocking. It more than more than heartbreaking. Like you feel yeah. sorry for oh, her yeah. for the whole book. That the but her final scene is not heartbreaking the way that Florence's final scene no, is. No, no. Florence is just in the way that she died. Is is worse than Nell committing suicide by it's, a hand yeah, in the house. It's terrible. It's 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 worse. It's horrible. It's again. It's it's ingrained into my brain and it's awful I mean, that's a, that's about the, the it, it, people use awful like a lot and overuse that word so it's lost a lot of its gravity it was awful it is and it's it's, it's awful enough to bring you back in to read that book more than once Right, why? Why the fuck am I doing that? Yeah, because, like, like we've <laughs> talked, A24 again, we've talked about the A24 films and how you see them one time and at no point are you like, I can't wait to sit down on a Saturday and watch Never. this again. Never. They're equally horrible. There's horror in them and they are horrifying, but you're not, like, drawn into it and interested in coming back to it. I revisit Hell House because, much like with Hill House, I come away with something different yes. from it every time I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a sign of good writing across the board, not just with horror, but anything that you read and you go, I could read that again and get something completely different out of it the next time I read it. That's good writing. It is. And that's, that's what pisses me off the most is that it's such a horrible book, but it's so well written. Cause like, I don't know, plug here for To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't know how many times I've read that book. I know you can roll your eyes at me, but you've read a Stephen King novel that many times. I guarantee it. But, Actually, I've read Jurassic Park that many times. Yeah, like, there are, and, there and are... when you read Jurassic Park over oh, yeah. and over again, it's a different experience every time, which is why it's comforting to go into it. Also, I'm, I'm very excited. Once my um, once my four-year-old nephew is old enough, he has already requested me to read him Jurassic Park, the novel. So, so I'm so excited. That's actually really cool. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm super proud. You don't proud. get to read to people anymore. Huh? I, don't get, I don't have anyone to read to. My niece reads, so... Read to yourself. Well, okay. I already... <laughs> can't with you what is it like 10 o'clock at night or something no it's, it's only, like seven it's seven <laughs> it's, it's so dark we live in the midwest um we haven't done the minnesota we got too serious and oh, we haven't Jesus. done the minnesota in a minute um but yeah i mean that's my that's my rant i guess about there are definitely two sides they're definitely two sides of the same coin um they, they both have a lot of similar themes however Hell House twists those themes far beyond anything that was in Hill House. And Hill House is, is I definitely kind of, uh, it's not, but like, I kind of put it almost in the same vein as like Jane Eyre. It's romantic. It's it very is. frilly and romantic. It's a love story at it its is. heart. Yes. Um, whether that love story is between the, the two women or, or Nell in the house, it is a love story. Yes. And, and those tones definitely are, are de- like I said, definitely apparent. Um, it's like somebody took the blurb and rearranged it. 
for Hell House. It is. Well, yeah, it's the ingredients list, right? Yeah. Like we talked about before. He 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 didn't he didn't want a romance. He was mm-hmm. he's a man and he wasn't gonna write a romance novel, and so what he wrote instead was the art of war. I don't know. Like it's <laughs> it's just as horrifying. He, he, he didn't want romance, so he wrote rape fantasy. Got it. It's, well, it is. It's all of the things, right? Okay, so Jane Eyre versus, like, a bodice ripper, right? Yeah. Jane Eyre has this slow build romance, and you feel terrible for Jane, and she's brooding, and he's brooding, and he's married, and they can't be together, but there's never, like, a raunchy sex scene. And then you read a bodice ripper, and it's, like, throbbing member, or I don't know. I've never read one. Um, Please never make eye contact with me ever again. And that's what he did. You know, if you want to talk about... For, for, if never you wanna, make eye contact with me again. I can't look at you. If you want to forsake the horror genre and talk about Hill House as a romance novel, then yes, you absolutely have to talk about Hell House as painfully teenage-written erotica. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, because I think they're... Obviously, they're both horror. However, they do have their own subgenres. Yes. And romance is definitely... It's usually the other way around, but where romance is the main genre. And right, and there's a the, horror yeah. aspect of it. Um, I got you. I'm with you. But, but yeah, like, so it has those that subtext that is just thrown in the garbage with Hell House. It spits on it. Hell House says, fuck your romance. Here's a married couple who are miserable and they're not even interested in the same kind of person. And here's a woman who loves everyone and can't be loved by anyone. And here's a man so scarred by his past. That he can't get emotionally close to anyone. So fuck your romance novel. Until they're dead. Until they're dead. Yeah. Yeah. Then he then he's like, I really liked Florence. I really liked Barrett. It's too bad they're gone. But he turns into Ernie from Bert and Ernie. I don't know. <laughs> he really does. But then like but then he just issues this like final sad line of Merry Christmas Eve, which is <laughs> fucking heartbreaking as they have I'm her husband's a dead tattoo. body in the car. Like I'm getting a tattoo that says Merry Christmas, Edith, because oh, uh, I wanna carry that moment of hating myself as much as everyone else seems to hate me with me for the rest of my life and that is the sentence that sums it up um, it really is i mean that's richard matheson would do that <laughs> yeah it, it well and it has the same gravitas to me as i don't know if you've seen the movie fargo mm-hmm. um the 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 moment in the car when she's driving he's he's the only one left alive of the whole mess and she's driving him back to, to fargo to arrest him and she says uh you know, all of this over a little bit of money, and it's a beautiful day. I just don't understand. And they drive off into the sunset. And it's the same thing where he's it's like... It's the exact same thing. It should be Christmas, right? It, it, it should be Christmas, and it is Christmas. And Christmas Day, like dawn, her, Christmas Day. Her despised husband, whose fault this all is, is dead in the backseat of the car. And you don't know what to do next. But it is Christmas, so I should probably say Merry Christmas. Like, it has that same heart-wrenching feel to it. As it's a beautiful day. It has that same heart-wrenching feel of, and I can't tell if Ben is being sarcastic. I think it's me. I think he, I think or, it's heartfelt. Or, or it's heartfelt, or it's, I must now grasp at any kind of normalcy. Yeah. Like, all of this is now shot the shit. Merry Christmas, at least. Or is he so shell-shocked shell at this moment that the only thing he can think to say is Merry Christmas because... That's something people say, right? That's a human thing to say. I can say that, and that yeah. will sound like a human thing, because otherwise I'm going to open my mouth and start screaming, and I'm never going to stop. Yeah, that's, that's um, exactly what happens, I think. Um, it's, and it, it's, it's even more horrible to think, because in Hell House, it's all for naught, because not only does everybody die, well, half of them die, but they, they solve the mystery. They, they, they kill Emmerich Belasco. Everything's good. But in the middle... The dude who was paying them all to do this shit died, and his son was not going to pay them the money. No, there's no money. Yeah. <laughs> there's no nothing. There's no it's, nothing. It's it's all, it, you know, there's no 
monetary incentive in Hill House. Mm-hmm. You go there because you were invited. It's yeah. a it's a place where you belong. That's, you know, the letter that you get in the mail from Montague says, you have what I'm looking for. Come be part of my team. Right. Versus Hell House, which says, I will pay you to do this. And with, that's that's more that stark contrast, and, right? And with Hell House, it's less of a come be part of my team and more of a the old man who's paying me insists that I have other people in on this too. Yeah, it's, it's oh. And then he just draws them to their death, which is great. Well, and, and, and the invitation to the Venus flytrap that is Hill House also draws, you know, I think if it had been able to, it would have consumed the rest of them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it just, it, it invited the wrong people. Like, if, if it was Florence instead of Theo as the psychic in the house, Florence wouldn't have lasted a day. She'd have caved so oh my God. much faster. She oh God. Because Nell is afraid. She doesn't trust people when they say they love her, which is why she can never be with Theo. Florence wants so desperately to believe that everyone is good that the minute she set foot in that house and it said, hey, I love you, come be with me, she would have been like, I love you too. And how, then, how, how do I do it? What's the yeah, like, what, is, it? what is it that you need me, me to do? <laughs> because I am here for you, Hill House. Right. Um, well, and then, you know, that's, that brings us to the, the kind of final point that I had, um, which is if you compare uh, Crane to mm-hmm. Belasco. Crane is very much, you're going to go to hell, you have to follow all these rules. Re- he uses religion as a tool of control over his daughters. Versus Belasco, who's like, let's have an orgy and some drugs and then see where that takes us. Also, I married my sister and then left her in England. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the difference between, the difference and the similarities, these mm-hmm. larger than life guys uh, who built these larger than life houses that are confusing and vexing and they draw people in who then can't escape. But right. at their very roots are the same kind of evil. Oh, it's about sure. control and possession and the inability to let go of it even after you've died. Well, I wonder with, because I'm just thinking about it now, that because I've talked about it, especially in the Hill House episode, that, like, while bad things had happened in Hill House, there wasn't any specific event or specific being that haunted us. No, it was just born bad. Yeah, it was evil from the get. Um, But all of those people dying, and Belasco himself dying, and then everything that happened in Hill House, not Hill House. Wow, that's the first time I've done this, though. So I'm gonna pass. I know that's a, yeah, it's like kind of um, impressive. <laughs> um, in Hell House, there's a reason it's haunted, and it's actually haunted, which is ironic because it's the haunting of Hill House, and then it's just Hell House. Yeah. Even though Hell House is the only one that's actually haunted, like with a traditional haunting. I waxed poetic in my notes. Oh god. Um, said something about both these texts which sets them apart from all other ghost stories, something which raises them up on a pedestal as, in my opinion, the crowning achievements of scary stories. Just as our protagonists come to discover that science and the supernatural cannot be separated, we come to find that the visceral fear of hauntings cannot be separated from the very real horror of what men do in the world of the living. And it's true. You cannot separate the hauntings from the evil of the men who cause them. You sure can't. Like literally, you you just can't. There's yeah. there is no separating it. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that 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 very hackneyed summary kind of puts it all together. <laughs> um, if you haven't read them yet, if you've made it through the end of our third episode of these texts, are we not ending? Oh, B has more to say. No, no. I accidentally just sniffled in the microphone. I was backing up in horror. Oh, you looked you looked so shocked. <laughs> was, I didn't do that. I just if you if it. you've made it through three episodes and you haven't read either of these books, please do. Um, or skip Hill House. That's fine. yeah, yeah. yeah but read at least do yourself a favor and at least read Hill House for the poetry alone that yeah. it, that it, it it exhibits or 
exudes. It won't hurt you as much, especially if you're a surface reader like me. <laughs> yeah, well, you might get bored, I think, is the only fear if you're not going to read into it that you might find that there's nothing of substance to it. And if you're a little bit braver, read Hell House too and, and shoot us your opinions on, on one of our social media accounts or, or on the email or when I see you for Christmas because you're my family member, um, you know, talk, talk to us. We want to hear from you. Sure. Uh, especially, you know, this is kind of a new thing. Uh, it's all kind of a new thing, but it's a new thing we're trying with comparing and contrasting two books. Mm-hmm. I doubt this will be the last time that we do it. Um, I don't have any more right now panned out, but yeah, it, probably... it'll come up again. And so yeah. um, we kind of want to hear some feedback on that. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about, uh, about either or both of these texts. Absolutely. Um, um yeah yeah so so that just kind of wraps up our little holiday mini-sode here oh um, yeah you know it was just such a <laughs> such a pleasant time to spend with you here and it's not even snowy outside yet someone help me someone someone get me out of here you're in hell now <laughs> this is this is it this is welcome hell. to hell it's minnesota with other people <laughs> oh god that's it that's hell um <laughs> Uh, so so join us next week um we 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 did our little random number generator and we came up with my heart is a chainsaw by stephen graham jones i need to buy a copy of that book because i don't have one and i haven't read it yet okay i don't either i tried to listen to the audiobook of it but i'm a little bit confused um which is not hard so <laughs> my heart is a lonely chainsaw God. by carson mccullers um mm. Yeah, and then visit us over on those uh, socials again, Instagram and TikTok. It's Dense Macabre Pod, and uh, the email is densemacabrepod at gmail.com. I always want to add the gmail.com every time I say Dense Macabre Pod, which is why there's always that awkward That's fine. pause. That's fine. Um, this is the podcast. This is it. This is it. Where yeah. we discuss creepy lit and creepy shit. Um, happy holidays to those of you celebrating, and happy congenial random day in December to those of you not. I second. <laughs> Ooh. Bye.